Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. You know, I think most days when I start to fire up the microphone, when the music is playing, as we're preparing to put together content for this program, what we're going to talk about each and every day, I think I could put it on a big wheel, like a wheel of fortune wheel, except for I, I envision it being on the wall, like one of those old game shows, and I could spin that thing. And just, it could, there are going to be 20 things on there. 20 ridiculous, insane, stupid, comical messes that have been brought on by the left, the radical left, the insane, unhinged, rabid radical left. And I could find something, whatever it lands on, I think we could stop and talk about it. And I've got several things <laughs> that I want to get to today, some of which are highly entertaining to me. I think they will be to you as well. Some of these things are, of course, massively concerning. And I want to start, I just compare and contrast what we are dealing with now. By the way, welcome to the program. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. You can send your thoughts, questions, opinions, feedback, Adoration and praise also accepted. The best way to get us now, though, is on our online community, community.toddhuffshow.com. You can join us there. But yeah, I just compare and contrast these two administrations. Literally yesterday, yeah, late afternoon, late afternoon yesterday, headline here. I saw this on Twitter first. This is Reuters. Headline says this. There will be things that people can't get at Christmas. White House warns. There will be there will be things you can't get at Christmas. Well, newsflash, newsflash to the administration. There's things that you can't get right now. There are things that have not been working properly. There have been things that are scarce. There are things that are impossible to get that started with what toilet paper, I think, was was the first thing. Um, and all sorts of things since then. New cars, right? I mean, microchips are tough to Tough to come by. I spoke with um, Greg Hubler, one of our, our advertisers, about this a few months ago. Just the the challenges of getting new vehicles. A lot of these lots, and that has changed. But I think I think we're nowhere near out of this mess. Um, in fact, I think the chips maybe they're still maybe experiencing more of a delay now. I I just saw something about this the other day. But you've got all sorts of. Uh, Everything's labor scarce. That, by the way, did you see? I don't want to talk about this too long. I just want to mention it. Saw this um, on where did I see this? The Bongino report, I think. Here it is, CNBC. A record 4.3 million workers quit their jobs in August, led by food and retail industries. So, people who are working in the food and retail industries are quitting in record numbers. Right. This says here, a sub point on that article, CNBC.com, 
quits, people who just quit their jobs, hit a new series high going back to December 2000. As 4.3 million workers left their jobs. So this headline in Reuters, I mean, I've got two initial thoughts on this. The first one is, there are things we can't get now. The second is, there are things, well, the second is, why? Why would you say there will not be things we can't get in at Christmas time? You know, I compare and contrast this to what uh, we had in the Trump administration. Trump, Trump would never have said this. And by the way, I know some people think, look, that guy's just going to say whatever, <laughs> whatever comes to his mind that's optimistic or that you know p- presents him, his administration, his business, whatever, in the best light. Okay, but there's also a truth to this that says leadership is about casting a vision and then moving towards it. And that is not what this administration is doing. Again, this is Reuters. And I want to read a part of this because you talk about just the media not having the slightest understanding about how things work in reality in the United States of America. Again, the headline here, there will be things that people can't get at Christmas, White House warns. So I'm going to read a part of this. White House officials scrambling to relieve global supply bottlenecks, choking U.S. ports, highways, and railways, warn that Americans may face higher prices and some empty shelves this Christmas season. First of all, again, we're already facing this. And why are we facing this? We are facing this, this, this problem, this economic mess because of policies instituted by the lovers of big government. Policies, by the way, uh, mandates, by the way, that they themselves will not follow. And I, I was talking to my wife, I think it was my wife the other day, someone, and I, maybe a couple people, and I said, you know, these, they're the rule makers and the rule breakers. This is what liberals, what lovers of big government do. They think, you know what, we are so much smarter than the hayseed hicks out there, the people that need us to manage their lives. We're going to come up with a series of rules. And there is no shortage of rules they will come up with that you and I have to follow. Now, those rules do not apply to them because they, of course, always have an exception to the rule. This is why they can go around on private jets, jetting to wherever to talk about climate change, carbon emissions, and so forth. The hypocrisy there is is unfathomable. That's why Bernie Sanders can have multiple houses which I don't care if Bernie has however many houses Bernie has. That's Bernie's business. But to say what Bernie says and to embrace the worldview that Bernie embraces and to demonize the rich the way that Bernie demonizes the rich and then to look and see that he's living exactly the same way, right? It shows me that you're not a true true believer, at least it raises questions. And by the way, Bernie's one that I think of all the people up there uh, babbling about socialistic ideas and so forth. He's the one that probably embraces it the most. Maybe AOC. I don't know. Anyway, so rules, they are rule makers and rule breakers. Those are synonymous to them. You make the rule, you are above the rule. This is how government functions. It's not how it's supposed to function, but it's how it functions. This is all created by government. It's created by mandates. It's created by shutdowns. It's created by all sorts of problems that we see, 
and government's fingerprints, well, that, that are created, I should say, by government's fingerprints. And I'm not saying that COVID itself, if the government didn't interfere in the economy and force you know, businesses to close and all this sort of stuff, that it, it wouldn't have slowed things down anyway. But it has been magnified beyond belief and beyond comprehension because of government's um, intervention. This, of course, is the law of unintended consequences, or maybe you might say it's the law of absolutely intended consequences. So I want to go back to this article here. The supply crisis, driven in part, I'm reading from this Reuters article, driven in part by the global COVID pandemic, COVID-19 pandemic, not only threatens to dampen U.S. spending at a critical time, it poses a political risk for President Joe Biden. Well, wham, freaking wham. Political risk that, again, they have created. This is created by the radical left. This is created by the lovers of big government. This is created by people, by the way, that want to remake this nation into something that it was not intended to be. This is for the socialists and, dare I say, the communists running around there, running around out there calling themselves Democrats today. Anyhow, not every Democrat, but I'm talking about the politicians politicians. So, let's go back here. The latest Reuters Ipsos poll shows the economy continues to be the most important issue for Democrats and Republicans alike. Now, on one hand you would say duh, but on the other hand you would say well, why for for to say that Democrats find the economy the number one problem. They're voting for someone who is literally the source of the economic problems. I mean, nine, just think about this. Nine, ten months ago, this time last year, this was a much different environment created by, again, it's created by businesses. It's created by consumer confidence in the economy. It's created by just the, the overall trajectory of the economy. And yes, we had COVID and that was, again, a real thing. But we have exasperated. We have made the problem worse because of what we have, what we have done, and it's a much different environment now, with a Democrat, Democrat running the show, Democrats running Congress, the White House, a good part of the of the court system, minus the Supreme Court, depending upon what Chief Justice John Roberts decides to do. But anyway, let's go back to this this article here because there's something in here I want to get. I want to get to that's incredibly insane to me. And it comes in this next paragraph. And here's what it says. The White House has been trying to tackle inflation-inducing supply bottlenecks of everything from meat to semiconductors and formed a task force. That's right. Let's form a task force. You want to know in the minds of a leftist, in the mind of a lover of big government, what you do when there's an economic problem, economic difficulties, right? A recession or uh, inflation or stagflation. You have you get together a task force or a commission, maybe even a blue ribbon commission, right? That's blue ribbons. When I was a little kid, and we actually had track and field, and you actually got prizes or awards or whatever if you won, not just if you participated. The blue ribbon was first place. That was first place. I think red was second, which seemed a little bit weird to me, but whatever. Blue, red, and I don't know what the other one, red, gold, or yellow, or something like that. You put together a blue ribbon commission. That's first place. That's the best type of commission. I'm surprised this isn't 
a blue ribbon commission. It's just a task force, but it's been put together back in June. It meets weekly, right? It's been <laughs> meeting weekly since June. So what is that? July, August, September, October, four months. It's been meeting, meeting weekly for four months. And they've even named, I'm, I'm reading from this article. I don't, I don't know that I knew this, <laughs> but this is how the left and the radical uh, lovers of big government think here. They named a bottleneck czar, and this is the part I wanted to get to. So you talk about an absolute 180-degree out-of-whack way of looking at the economy. Reuters here and the left and the socialists and whoever else has been hypnotized by this nonsense. The bottleneck czar has been named, and I'm reading from the article here, to, quote, push private sector companies to ease snarls. So Reuters thinks that the companies out there whose job, who, by the way, before COVID, before government uh, interference in the economy from COVID, they had this managed just fine, right? The, the private sector was dealing with this just fine. Now, there's always exceptions to the rules. There might have been a company that didn't do it efficiently or whatever. There might have been – there's been hiccups at ports, uh, ports before. There's been strikes that caused ships to get backed up. By the way, I saw a video of ships coming into port, I think somewhere in Texas. And it's incredible the number of ships that are lined up just waiting to get into port. That There's just a, a mess. But the lovers of big government – literally think, you know what? We've got to get a task force together here, and we've got to appoint a czar who's designed, who's a bottleneck czar, a bottleneck czar to go in there and fix this. Because these companies, I guess, apparently in the minds of the radical left, have no incentive to do this in an, of, of their own you know, volition, their own accord. They just are waiting for the government to come in and direct them. Absolutely stupid. Shows a complete misunderstanding of economics, um, of free markets, of how the world works. They think that they can name a bottleneck czar to come in and fix it. Poof. Problem solved. This is their solution to everything. And what's the bottleneck czar going to do? The bottleneck czar is going to go back and report to this task force, which may eventually become a blue ribbon commission, and they're going to study, and they're going to meet, and they're going to write some report at some point in 2029 and blame Trump probably for something, blame the Republicans. There's going to be some hearings at Congress to, to listen to the findings. Meanwhile, the private sector is going to be focused on fixing it, and they're not going to get any credit they're not going to get any accolades. They're not going to get any blue ribbons. They save that for the commission. They're not going to get anything besides just the benefit that they get, which, of course, is, is good, right? The, the market will reward people who find solutions to problems. But the stupidity of this. First of all, the White House saying, you know what? Just too bad. We're not going to be able to get things uh, at Christmas time which can create all sorts of panic in and of itself, right? What does that mean? Um, what are they suggesting is going to be the case? Or, I mean, do they know? Are they admitting that their policies and their ideas aren't working? What is this? What are they even saying? Why say this? This isn't leadership, right? This is, this is accepting something that's still a couple months down the road. What is it, 10 weeks or so down the road? They're just saying, yeah, just the way it is. You won't be able to get some things at Christmas. But you can probably, if you, re if you read the whole statement, which I'm not going to read, they basically said you can find something similar to it. It's not like 
not like you're not you know going to be able to have anything. You can have whatever the bottlenecks are is able to get through the port, I guess. But this is so stupid and backward. A, it shows no leadership. B, it exposes liberalism, radical leftism for what it is, which is cross your fingers, appoint some czar, and have them try to fix a problem that takes literally all sorts of people within a con- in an economy working together, working together towards uh, through that invisible hand that Adam Smith described. And that's, that's how this is solved, not through a bottleneck. Sir. This is beyond stupid to me, beyond stupid, but it exposes really what these wackos think. So I wanted to start with that. <laughs> the, pan- the amount of people that are going to panic just from seeing this headline. There will be things that people can't get at Christmas. Does that mean toilet paper? Does that mean turkeys? I think I saw turkeys were hard to get. I've seen pictures of grocery stores in certain places, certain aisles that are empty. Reports of shipping, uh, shipments not coming in as they are scheduled, but everything's backed up. And and why? On top of that, we got this is where it intersects with, with these vaccine mandates. You've got all these companies like well, Southwest now who who uh, is is saying without a doubt it's not because of the vaccine mandate that the pilots aren't flying. It's because of other factors. But you think about that. 4.3 million workers quit in August. A high from all the way back to August of 2020 or to August of 2000, right? And so you're going to push people out of the workforce by mandating vaccines. Even if if 5%, a couple percent quit, which the left thinks nobody's going to quit over a vaccine mandate, they've got another think it coming here because some people will, and it's already disrupted because of all the other nonsense. I mean, it's it's literally as though, if I didn't know better, wink, wink, they were creating economic turmoil intentionally, which some of uh, some obviously think that's the the case here. So they create a crisis, and then they come in to once again say the government's going to solve it, and they've got the solution. Oh, it's a time to build back better. This time to build back more socialistic, more fair. You re- reward work, not wealth, as Biden says. All these talking points and platitudes that literally mean nothing other than their vehicles by which they can advance their radical agenda quick timeout other things i want to get to as well i'm actually really really excited to talk about these next two things that involve kamala harris nancy pelosi we'll get to those things as the program unfolds sit tight you're listening to home of conservative not better talk i'm your host todd huff back here in just a minute friends so two things i want to get to and i'm unsure which one i want to talk about first i think i think what i want to talk about first is is nancy pelosi i'm going to hold off on kamala for for just a moment um but nancy pelosi she has a what a press conference uh yesterday and she is talking to reporters about the Build Back Better, Build Back Better agenda led by Joseph R. Biden, the Democrats. By the way, it's being reported now that the 
uh, $3.5 trillion plan is now going to be roughly $2 trillion. Democrats will spend the and by the way, let me say, they're going to spend it like they've won. And in, in one sense, they have won if they get this through because $2 trillion and what the damage they can do with that is astronomical. I mean, it's just like, uh, well, it's, it's just like these chants with uh, Let's Go Brandon. I mean, $2 trillion, um, if you take the Let's Go Brandon chant and you magnify it or turn it into dollars, you think how much how much the Let's Go Brandon chant has spread. Think about how much damage these folks can do with $2 trillion. So let's go to Nancy Pelosi here. She's talking about this. She's defending this. She is um, make, answering a question here from a journalist, from a journalist, and I want you to listen to her response, uh, to the question and then to the response. Here it is. Thank you, Madam Speaker. Our latest CBS News poll shows that only about 10% of Americans describe themselves as knowing a lot of specific things that are in the reconciliation package and that the majority don't know anything at all. So do you think you need to do a better job at messaging and going forward, how do you sell this if ultimately you have to... Well, I think you all could do a better job of selling it, to be very frank with you, because every time I come here, I go through the list. Family and medical leave, climate, uh, the the issues that are in there, and um, but it is true, it is hard to break through when you have such a comprehensive package. Uh- okay, pause there. So a couple of things. First and foremost, she's literally telling the media, "Help me, <laughs> help me do my job." We all know, wink, wink, why why you're here. We all know that you pose every day like you're actually members of an unbiased group of journalists and media. We all play that game. We know deep down that your job, the way you view yourselves, the way that your bosses view you, the way that the executives view you, the big money behind these uh, news organizations view you as members of the Democrat Party's PR firm. That's what you are. So I'm really upset with you. I'm upset with you for not selling this better. I mean, if that's not an admission, if that's not an admission to what I just laid out, I don't know what is. You know, you guys have to do a better job of of selling this, (laughs) is what she said. I don't know if she'd been, I mean, I don't know, maybe she had a late night, maybe she, I don't know, had just had a lunch with a a free, you know, free bar. I'm not sure, but she let the cat out of the bag there. She says, you guys did a better, should do a better job of selling it, which isn't the job of the media. Of course, she kind of thinks uh, by the, that statement that it is. But then she goes on to say there's a lot to, co- to, to communicate here. So, so think about this. The bullet points of this piece of legislation, the bullet points are too numerous for trained communicators to communicate to, to, communicate to the general public. Think about that. The bullet points of the proposed legislation is harder it is too hard to communicate for professional communicators. So what does that tell you about this bill? What, what was it? Twenty, I think 2,400 pages that we saw, Oz. And what was it per page, the amount of spending, like a billion and a half or something like that? She's nodding. You can't hear her nodding. But that's – someone did the math in the – well, that's when it was $3.5 trillion. 
It was three and a half trillion and twenty four hundred some odd pages. It was like a I'm, I'm it was roughly something like a billion and a half dollars per page. And they can't even get that bill into bullet point fashion so that the journalists, the PR firm for the Democrat Party, the fake news media, can't then take that and explain to the American people what's in it. If you heard the question, the the, the so-called journalist, I should pick on this journalist because I don't know. I mean, statistically, she's a member of the fake news media because she's uh, working at CNN and she's, or, I'm sorry, CBS, and she's in uh, the press briefing room with Nancy Pelosi. So, but who knows? Maybe we found one that's actually a journalist here. But the the idea, the idea that you know she asked this question. You know, there's ten percent. I think it was ten percent of the American people even know what's in this bill. Why do they? You know, is is there a communication problem? Why can't you guys articulate? That's really the question. Why can't you and your team of leftists tell us what to write? Tell us what to put in our uh, in our columns so that we can help you. We're, we're really so confused by this legislation. It's so massive. It's got so many dollars attached to it. It's so many pages. I think some. I think Oz told me that uh, if you read that, it was like forty-eight or sixty-two. It was over around 50, 60 hours of continuous reading just to read through the stupid bill. And we you know we don't know what to put. We are confused by this. Help us tell the American people. And Nancy Pelosi kind of chides her and says, "Hey, you know what? You're not you're not doing your job. You need to be a better salesperson. We need to send you back to sales training. Maybe we send you to Zig Ziglar's training. Uh, you know, maybe we send you to uh, Tom Hopkins. Maybe who knows? We need to find a new sales training program for you because you're not doing your job uh, for the American people. And I want to play the rest of this because." She concludes with something that literally made me laugh out loud uh, when I was listening to this earlier. Here it is. But uh, as we narrow it down and, and put it out there, mm-hmm. I think that it will. Um, for example, one of the things in the bill is the continuation of the Biden tax credit that is child tax credit that is in the mm-hmm. um, was in the rescue package that has great appeal. Do people know where it, it springs from? No. But it is a, a vast bill. It has a lot in it, mm-hmm. and we'll have to continue to make sure the public does. But whether they know it or not, they overwhelmingly support it. Whether you and know by it the way, not. women much more than men. Men like... Oh, what's, I cut that off there. The infrastructure, this one. Men like the infrastructure, women like this bill because there's a bunch of freebies in it. But whether you know it or not, you're for this bill. I love it. This rem- <laughs> this reminds me. This reminds me of when she said we had to pass the bill in order to see. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. We have to pass the bill so you so you can find out what's in it. You you <laughs> it, it is remarkable. You got everybody's for this. Nancy Pelosi says, "You know what? Everybody's for this. They just don't know they're for it." And if that doesn't make sense to you, um, remember, I'm the same person, Nancy Pelosi would say, that said, I have to pass the bill so you can see what's in it, right? And that's back in the day when we had uh, this this transparent government. We were told how transparent it was. You could go online and read bills that were going to be voted on 72 hours in advance. They broke the rule on a regular basis. And so 72 hours, but you couldn't figure out what was in it because the only way you could figure out what was in it is if you approved it, if she voted for it. Now, she's even taken it a step further here. She know 
she's here to tell you that you're for this this two trillion or whatever it's going to end up being two and a half trillion dollar bill. Just trust her. You just don't understand yet. It's remarkable what these folks get away with. And the journalists, what are they at? They don't even push back on that. Man, it sounds right. Got to help help me write my column, I guess. Nancy, help me write my article so I can do my job at being a salesperson for your stupid infrastructure bill. Quick timeout. Back here in just a minute. Auction. So the other day, I saw this, but we just look, didn't have time to, to talk about it. This Kamala Harris, <laughs> Kamala Harris, they they are really trying. They are really trying to figure out what they're going to do because Joe Biden is completely inept. We all know this. Everybody knows this. This is not a secret. This is at, right there for everybody who has eyes to see and ears to hear. Joseph R. Biden is completely unqualified, and I'm not even just talking about ideologically, which should disqualify him in and of itself, but it doesn't for many people. It his he's not he can't be president. I mean he he doesn't. I don't take pleasure in saying this. He just doesn't have. Um. He, there, there's something wrong. Okay, there, there's something wrong. I'm trying not to be play doctor here. That's that's not the point. But there's clearly something that's not cognitively right, and everybody knows this. There, there something is really not right. So they they think we have to figure out because not only not only is he not really capable, he's also you know he's his poll numbers are falling through the floor. Right, I've I, we've we've gone through the reasoning, the rationale, the the power brokers, the big money in the Democrat Party. They got together uh, right after Super Tuesday, or before Super Tuesday, I should say, right after South Carolina, and, and they they called. They did. They called. Maybe made an in person meeting to the other candidates, Amy Klobuchar, Pete Boot, Edge Edge, and they got in front of them and they said, "Look, we'll give you whatever you want. You know, you can you can cash this." this ticket in some other time, but we need you to get out of the way so we can coalesce behind Joseph R. Biden because it's the only chance we've got at beating Trump. That was the position back uh, during the Dem- Democratic primaries, and they wanted that to happen before Super Tuesday because there was a possibility at one point uh, Nate Silver's group had the probability of Biden, um, or not Biden, of of there being a, a contested, you know, process during the the primary contested primary where nobody was the clear winner and this was going to get messy especially when the socialists realized that bernie wasn't going to win it was going to infuriate them and maybe they wouldn't vote or maybe someone would vote for trunos vote for trump so they they did this they put all their eggs all their all the eggs in the basket of joseph r biden and whatever you think about election results at the moment biden's president he's he's serving as president right now so but they also know that this guy just kind of helped them limp across the finish line. They hit him in the basement and all that stuff. You know how this went down. But they know he's not the future of the party. And so they're trying to make Kamala likable. And so I saw this video, um, some some space, talking about space and NASA. And she's the head of the Space Council. And by the way, they also said she's the vice or the president of the Senate, which once again... 
gives points to Sarah Palin, who was mocked for saying the same thing back in 2008. Anyhow, so Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris is just over the top in this video with her, just the way she's talking to these kids and just uh, ooh and and on. Well, turns out that it's even worse than just her inability to have a regular dialogue with the human being. Um, <laughs> Fox News uh, as reported, I hadn't seen this before yes, uh, yesterday's show. Kamala Harris used child actors in her space video. So not only, not only was this some um, staged production to try to help us connect with and just find Kamala so likable that maybe relaunch her, you know, political ambitions or whatever 2.0 here. Uh, this is another attempt to to see, can she rise to the occasion? Can she fill in for Joseph R. Biden? If she can, maybe we begin to talk about the 25th Amendment, have her replace him. If she can't, what do we do, right? I mean, this we got to find someone because Trump's out there and Trump's got a lot of momentum and it's not even anywhere close to the 2024 election. So I want to talk about, I want to play a little bit of this after I got to take a break here. I want to play a little bit of this because I, especially after knowing these folks are actors, these, these kids, this I have been entertained beyond measure by this. They everything they do is fake. Everything they do is fake and phony and staged. And it's why I call them the Dramacrats. And I gotta tell you, I can't think of a better name than that. Quick time out. Listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. back i'm just gonna jump right into this this is kamala oz is in here cackling listen to listen to this stupid crap listen to this welcome you guys welcome thank you so much thank you are you ready to start yes okay go so i may not always be fast to take my parents advice but what is the best advice your parents have given you that perhaps you can share with us today scripted you know one of the most important pieces of advice that i can offer you guys And I want you to really remember this. I mean, she acts like they're five. Never let anybody tell you who you are. Oh, my gosh. You tell You know what that's about? I was telling Oz. That, that is simple. That is, you don't let pe- people tell you who you are. You tell them who they are. If you should, you should see her. She's got her hands all twisted. She's leaning on her knee. She's talking to these kids like they're, I said five, maybe two, the way that she's talking to these kids who look to be, I don't know, 12, 13, 14, something around it in that age. But she's basically saying, yeah, that's what I did. I'm branding myself here. I'm branding myself as the next I, you know, I people I was a my, I'm, I'm I'm a minority. I'm a woman and I didn't let anybody tell me I couldn't be vice president and my next goal is to be president of the United States. Do you kids know what that is? Let me tell you. Listen, there's more of this nonsense. Listen to this. Who you are. Yeah. Never let anybody suggest to you that you are what they think you should be. You tell them who you are. And who you know you are. Does that apply to and the what backs? you intend to be. Mm-hmm. Got that? Yes, yes we yeah. do. All right. I got more advice. You I bet you me. do. <laughs> Tell us. Oh, so what one. is the most surprising thing you found about being vice president? There have been a lot of things because I've never been vice president no, before. So there, are, there are, are many new things. But I'll tell you one of the things that I'm really excited about. And one of the reasons for our visit and the time we're going to spend time together today is the Space Council. 
my mom was a scientist, so she would Republican, take us to the lab with her, like on the weekends and after school, because she had to work long hours. And I just love the idea of Probably exploring unequal pay for equal work. the unknown. And then there's other things that we just haven't figured out or discovered yet. To think about so much that's out there that we still have to learn. Like, I love that. I love that. And so I'm very excited about the Space Council. We're going to learn so much um, as we increasingly, I think, are curious and interested in the potential for the discoveries and the work we can do in space. So. That's one of the things I'm most excited about. But the other, here it is. You guys are gonna see. You're gonna literally see the craters on the moon with your own eyes. With your own eyes, I'm telling you, it is gonna be unbelievable. What else would you see? So that's one of the things we can do here too, which makes it so exciting. I can't take any more of this. Can't take it. But this, this was all staged. This thing goes on. I'm nine and a half minutes. So it's 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 staged. Uh, and, and there's parents that are out there. A, a parent has come out. Uh, last name, I'm trying to... Uh, uh, his son's name is Trevor uh, Bernardino from Carmel, California. So that they su- submitted <laughs> submitted a monologue and was interviewed for a role in the series. And his child was selected, along with five others... To be actors. This is this is a play. This is a production. This is dramacrats being dramacrats. Again, nothing is real. Because you know why nothing is real? Their ideas cannot stay in the scrutiny of truth. And and these folks, they they don't know what to do if they're not scripted. Because you can't just go with your natural instincts because liberalism defies all of that. Got you can't leave anything to chance. You gotta be scripted. Quick timeout. My oh my, back in just a minute. friends it literally never ends i just saw a headline here reuters progressives in congress open to cutting cost but not scope of biden's three and a half trillion dollar bill so my question would be if you're a so-called progressive or really someone who's a regressive someone who doesn't understand economics someone who's a socialist someone who doesn't believe in freedom and liberty if if you don't have to cut the scope of the bill and you can trim one and a half trillion dollars off of it. Why didn't you start there? Why didn't you start? What, what was the other one and a half trillion for? But then again, this, of course, is based upon logic and common sense and stuff that they have no idea about. It never ceases to amaze me. I've got to go. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care. I don't